Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. In the Light is a nine-week study where we'll see the power and presence of light seen throughout Scripture. Here's Jacqueline. Anybody else singing a victory song being here today? I don't know if I'm the only one that literally had to fight darkness to get here today. I don't know if you could say the same sentences I'm saying today. And I don't know how many sentences I'll be saying today during my study, because sometimes God's like, let's talk about you being me. It's always fun. But this morning was a rough one. Since four o'clock this morning, just beat up. You think about those things that you've handed over that God has buried, has, has buried. And sometimes Satan just wants to have fun. And he digs it up and he pops it into your dreams, your literal dreams. And you wake up and you feel like you're back there. I don't know if you've had a morning like that. If you have, can I tell you, you have been prayed over immensely. Because the more I out loud had to fight in prayer this morning and quote scripture this morning, your names were right next to me. So sign in (laughs) because literally those names are precious to my soul and if they're whether you're come or not you're still on my prayer list but to know your faces and pray over your names is an honor that i get to do and this morning i clung to my prayer names this morning because i know satan is not just after me i know he's after anyone who wants to be the light fighting by myself was a fail can i say that out loud and it was getting so hard i could feel You know, you could feel like you just are being pressed down physically. So I have this little team. It's called the Women Inseparable Prayer Warriors. I was advised months ago to to ask a group of women to be prayer warriors over Women Inseparable. And typically I send them prayer requests for Women Inseparable. Like we've got this ministry starting. We have this legal thing that we're needing this, you know, prayer requests for Women Inseparable not selfish prairie quest about little me. <laughs> so I'm worshiping, I'm on my face, I've got my scripture open, I'm praying, I'm fighting, and I'm feeling like I'm failing. And God's like, you have got to get your city around you because a city cannot be hidden, right? So I text my prayer team and all I put, I look at one of them, I won't point her out. I just put, I'm calling out for prayer. I didn't know what else to say. I wanted to pour out. (laughs) But the spirit's bigger than any text that you can send out. And I had, this is, this is how gross Satan is. I had different text threads going, you know, text threads, they never stop. And I had text threads beeping in with different praises and prayers over each other. And my phone's beeping all morning as it's sitting on its little charge plate. And I've got my Phil Wickham as loud as I can get my Phil Wickham. And I'm worshiping and I'm praying and I'm fighting. And my phone is buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. And then that silence. As soon as I asked for prayer, my phone quit buzzing. And I'm like, God, I asked my prayer team for prayer and they're not even responding. But then from the depths of my toes, I'm standing there 
and I could feel strength just pour through me. My hands flew up in the air and I just started proclaiming the name and the blood of Jesus Christ out loud. And I felt like that freedom just passed. I go to grab my phone and it's filled with my prayer warriors. Satan didn't want me to know that my prayer warriors are praying, but the Holy Spirit said they're praying. Do you feel it? I don't know what kind of morning you're having, but I'm singing a victory song for being here this morning. And I did not get here by myself. I pray that God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that God will use my struggle this morning to strengthen you. Because the more God uses our stories to strengthen each other's story, the more Satan gets put back into place. And his place has no room here. I'm Jacqueline Palmer. <laughs> you know a lot about me. <laughs> I got nothing else. Let's pray. <laughs> let's pray and let's do scripture, which is why we're here. Father God, to say that you are good feels like such an understatement. But it's the word that you use upon your whole creation. It's the word that you use for your servants who stand before you. It's the word that you use for things that you treasure and that you hold. And for some reason, you've chosen us to be your treasure. And for that, with the best word that I can come up with, Lord, you are, you are so good. Father God, united in the silence of our hearts, we worship you. In loud proclamation, we declare how good you are, how powerful you are, however faithful you are. Lord God, your power is so abundant. And I pray that when we are by, by ourselves and when we're feeling like we're under attack and we're feeling lonely or we're feeling whatever that emotion is that Satan knows works on us, I pray that we'll remember the power that we have through the Holy Spirit of God within us. I pray that you'll remind us to call out. And Lord, when, when it's that hard, when the struggle gets that hard, I pray that you'll remind us that we're not alone. I pray right now, Lord God, that every single woman and women inseparable has that source of humanity. They have their girlfriends, they have their spouse, they have their prayer warriors, they have their people that they could even just send an emoji declaring, I need prayer so that we can gather around one another and lift one another up. There is such power in prayer. Oh, there's so much power in prayer. I thank you so much for that gift. Oh, Father God, I feel like I could just talk to you for ages, but I'm supposed to teach scripture. I pray as we open 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2 before you today, that you will do what you do. Bring your scripture to light, and I pray that we will do what you've asked us to do, and I pray that you'll help us to open up our ears. I pray that we'll be women who hear. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak. In the name of Jesus Christ, we praise you for all these things, and we thank you for all these things. Amen. First Peter chapter two, we're going to zero in on one verse at one verse is verse nine. First Peter chapter two, verse nine is where we're going to sit today. We are on week five of In the Light. Week five of In the Light, which means we are dead center. We have discussed who the light is. We have discussed why it's so important to see ourselves as the light. In the next three weeks, we're going to talk about the light 
of the eye is the light of the world. We're going to see how other people view light. Today, like most of our studies, we're going to talk about you. So you can respond verbally. You can respond with laughs. You can respond with tears. You can stand there. Don't move. <laughs> Just take it in. Don't show any emotion whatsoever. There are no rules. Do what you got to do. The question for today is, what does it look like? We know that we are the light of the world. Scripturally, we know this. For those of us that can stand and say, I have put my faith in the resurrection of, um, of my Savior, Jesus Christ. Those of us that can declare Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by Jesus. Those of us that can stand and declare that knows Jesus has called us the light of the world. And we've had a couple of weeks to process that label. And from the smiles on the faces, we're getting it. We're getting it. We're seeing our value. We're seeing our purpose. It's no longer just an existence anymore. Sometimes as in our life of living, we feel like we're just existing. Just being a mom, just being a wife, just being an employee, just being a fill in the blank. Seasons come, seasons go, right? And we're seeing that no matter what, no matter what day, no matter what morning, no matter what evening, we are the light and we're wrapping our heads around that. But then the, it gets real. Sometimes we feel like we fail. Sometimes the weight gets so heavy, you think, how am I the light right now when I'm struggling with the darkness so heavily? And you have these real questions, these evaluations that we are trying to do. And it comes with that question, what does it look like? The answer, I don't know. Because what my answer is, is going to be totally different than your answer. And it needs to be. It needs to be. However, we need to know how to find that answer. And the only place to find answers, solid answers, is Scripture. So here is my prayer. My prayer is that we'll read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 together. And then my personal challenge prayer for you and me is that we'll read the whole letter of 1 Peter and if you really want more meat, read Second Peter as well. Same author. <laughs> First Peter chapter two, verse nine. Lord God, I pray that you'll give us our sword that we need so that we can see what it looks like to be the light as we are. First Peter chapter two, verse nine, it says this. It says, but you, oh, how sweet that we can take scripture so personally. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Some of us have this verse memorized. Stop and listen to what it's saying. Others of us laugh every time I say that we have these memorized. I get statements and it, it, it cracks me up. You say, does other scripture come to mind when we read this scripture? No, no other scripture doesn't come to mind. Good. Stay where you are. That's all I had to say about that. But you are a chosen race. A royal priesthood, but you are a holy nation, but you are a people for his own possession. Do you see your place held so precious in the hand of God? And then it says this in First Peter 2, 9, it says that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness 
into his marvelous light. What does it look like to be this, to be chosen, to be royal, to be holy, to be owned, to be owned by the very God who created you, the very God that you get to call Father, the very God of this universe owned you in a sweet, precious way. And the reason he owned you is because he created you, but he also paid for you through the sacrifice and the blood and the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. We hear owning and we think, wait a minute, I don't want to be owned. The thing that you live for owns you. Is that fair to say? Right? It doesn't matter whether you want to be owned or not, something owns you. Always. Some of us go to a mall and we understand that very severely. <laughs> what owns us? Some of us are paying bills and we know what owns us. We are owned by something. God makes it easy and freeing to be owned by him. And he paid the price to have that title in your life. It's a sweet thing. It comes with protection. It comes with love. It comes with everything good. It comes with his very spirit. God's very spirit he puts in you. There's so many truths, so many things that we know. And when you stop and think about that, it blows me away every time. God's spirit is in me. That's all I got to say. I could close my Bible and go home. Thinking about that statement, the very spirit of God who owns me gave me his very spirit so that I can live for him. That's miraculous. Isn't that miraculous? God is good. God is good. What does it look like? However, we can know these sentences, but we have to know what it looks like. We have to do it so that we can proclaim the excellency of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. My prayer is that we will spend time in first Peter. So let's start in first Peter. Does that sound good? Let's start together. First Peter chapter one, verse one, and we'll let the Holy Spirit lead us where we need to go. And I pray that we will see what it looks like for each of us individually, where we are as we are to be the light and that this sword will be what helps us do it. We have to fall in love with Jesus. You have to. That right there is the answer that you're looking for as you study first Peter. You're welcome. You have to fall in love with Jesus. And you say, but I've known Jesus for decades. Where's my sweet Lori? I've known Jesus for decades. That's great. Do you know Jesus says to the churches in Revelation, you have done so much for me. You know me and I'm so proud of you, but there's one thing I have against you. You've forgotten your first love. You know me, you're living for me, but do you love me? You want to be the light of the world? Christian, love Jesus. And for some of us, that might mean stop serving. It might mean step away from that ministry. It might mean cut your hours at work. It might mean exactly what the Holy Spirit just put on your head. For some of us who have known God for a long time, we need to do a re reset in our life. And we need a purpose right now as we read through First Peter to fall in love with the one who loved us from the beginning and just fall in love with him again. He said, but I, I can't quit my ministry. 
What's more important? Did you know that if I stopped doing my ministry, God would bring somebody else to sit in this chair and scripture would continue to be opened? It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with Jesus. And if we're serving God without loving Jesus, something's missing. Jesus himself says that. If we're trying to be the light of the world and we want to own that title that God has given to us, but we're doing that without loving Jesus, sweet friend, you're going to fail. You've got a Satan out there trying to bring you down anyway. You're trying to do that without love for Jesus. Am I allowed to say out loud, good luck? Some of us know what that looks like already. We've been there. We've put on our good Christian clothes and wondered why that didn't work because we have forgotten how much we love Jesus. We hear the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, and we think, oh, that's cute for the little three-year-old, be three. Figure out what that looks like. If I were a three-year-old, how would I love Jesus? Okay, let me start there. Do you remember, fall in love with Jesus as if you were brand new in Jesus. Some of us have been saved an hour. Welcome to the family of God. Don't lose that first love. Above all things, no matter how much knowledge you attain, however much understanding you get of this book, don't ever let anything come before your love for Jesus Christ. And if in your prayer and in your study of 1 Peter this week, you notice that that thing is trumping my love for Jesus, now you know your personal challenge. And if I can ask, make that bigger than a personal challenge. Make that a life goal. That thing that is being more important to me than my love for Jesus Christ, it's got to go. Okay, disclaimer, if that thing is your husband, <laughs> she'd love the sound of laughter. It's, it's definite, it's healing to the bones. First Peter. Peter opens, as many letters do in the Old Testament, with the author, and he says, I am Peter. I am an apostle of Jesus Christ, and I'm writing this letter, he says, to those who are elect, to those that are in exile of the dispersion, and he lists these cities. Did you know we could put Meridian, Idaho, Eagle, Idaho, we could put your city, your state, your country in this location? We are, I heard a speaker say a couple weeks ago, we are literally living in Babylon. We are raising children that are equal to Daniel being raised in exile. This is where we are. But hold on to 1 Peter 2, 9 that says we've been called out of darkness, right? We've been called out of darkness. We have been called into his marvelous light. This is what Peter is saying to us. Verse 2, according to the foreknowledge of God, According to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for the sprinkling with his blood, I proclaimed that verse over and over and over today. Hold on to that verse. There's the Trinity right there. There's some deep doctrine and promise in that verse right there. Um, for sake of time, let's keep going. If that's the sword that God is laying on your heart to use, hold on to that sword. And friend, once you find the sword, and I'm talking about scripture, you find that sword that matches what you need to fall in love with Jesus so you can be the light of the world, memorize it. But my brain, memorize it. Memorize it. 
Maybe for you, memorizing it means putting on a piece of paper and carrying that paper with you at all times. Might not stick here, but I heard a girlfriend testify a couple weeks ago, my, my memory is not what it once was. I don't remember things of my children's upbringing. But she said, it's the craziest thing. I can quote scripture. I can't remember things, but I remember scripture and God made it very clear to her in her heart. It's because I have scripted my word on your heart. Psalm 119, right? Memorize scripture. You're not alone in your memorizing scripture. The Holy Spirit is with you. Hold on to it. Verse number three. He said, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love when there's exclamation marks. As an author, I'm told you can't use exclamation marks. If you do, you have to pick one per page or one per chapter. That's dumb. <laughs> so when I'm reading scripture and there's exclamation marks in scripture, I'm like, see, <laughs> Peter did it. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have been given an inheritance that is imperishable. What does your light look like when you fall in love with Jesus? When you remember where your inheritance is coming from, it is an imperishable inheritance. It is an undefiled inheritance. It can not and will not fade away. Those of us from a broken home stand true to this promise. The inheritance that we have through Jesus from our Father, it won't change. It cannot change. It's kept in heaven for you, Scripture says. Verse 5, he says, Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And those of us gathered together to proclaim, Lord Jesus, come. Verse 6, In this you rejoice. Though now for a little while, oh, sweet friend, hear these words. What does your light look like when you fall in love with Jesus, even in this sentence? In your salvation, you rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith that's more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire. That your faith may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Again, we say, Lord Jesus, come. If I can say with this verse, there's a little phrase that says a little while. Anybody in a little while? There's no time reference, is there? There's no time for reference. Jesus uses the word soon, often. Our book closes with Lord Jesus, come soon. There's no time reference with Jesus. A thousand years, a day, there's no time reference. When we hear that you're going to go through a trial for a little while, 
it's going to be different seasons. For me this morning, I could say from 4 a.m. till about 10 a.m., that was a little while. For some of us can say, I wish that were my little while. I wish my season only lasted for hours. My little while has been lasting for days. And then there's some of us can, that would say, I wish mine only lasted for days. My little while has been lasting for a couple of years. Right after in scripture, Peter says, you may be going through a trial for a little while. And then there's two little words in my ESV version that says, if necessary. Who holds the key to those two words, if necessary? Little Miss Light, God declares, and I say this and I pray the Spirit will use these words, God declares if necessary. And some of us hear that and we want to buck against it and say, I knew this was God's fault. And you're right. I was under serious attack this morning. I did not grow up. I grew up in a Christian home that was a little um, glass box. Very, very Christian on the outside. Very, very impure on the inside. Things happened in that glass box. Things were visualized in that glass box. Satan brought it all into my dreams last night. That's how my morning started. And I read this verse right now in front of you girls. And I hold those words if necessary. And I wonder if that season of darkness, I even said to my friend Jane this morning, they will be kind of comical. I don't know if that was my word, but right now I'm feeling like it's the word comical. If God allowed me to go through that immense struggle this morning so that God's glory can shine out of it. And I wonder if it was necessary. It's hard to say. This morning was awful. But I read this verse as a public scripture reader in front of my girlfriends that I get to study scripture with week after week after week. And I wonder if God allowed me to go through that dream, to go through that battle, because it was necessary. It was necessary to prove my faith for the coming of my Lord Jesus Christ. And it's necessary for me to proclaim to you girls, you're not alone. You're not alone. Did you hear that? We're not alone. God is big. God is big and he has a plan and sometimes we don't know what his plan is. And sometimes we know what his plan is and we don't know why his plan is. We get a clue that, okay, God, I know you're in control. I know you're in control. I know you're in control. I know you're in control, but why? Why? I pray that these two words are enough salve for your soul. That we might not know why it's necessary, but I pray that we'll hold on to the fact that God who holds you, who has called you holy and has called you chosen and has called you royal and has called you his says, sweetheart, it's necessary. Keep your eyes on me. Trust me. It's faith. I have called you to be light in the midst of darkness. This is necessary for you. Trust me. Those are hard, 
Those are hard words, but I pray that those are words that we'll hold on to and fully, fully believe. They may be words that you need to just push rewind on the video, replay on the podcast and listen to those over and over and over. Sweet daughter, God's got this. You hold on to the fact that for whatever his plan is, it's necessary. It's necessary. Verse six, one more time, it says, in this you rejoice, in this, the salvation that we have through our Savior Jesus Christ, in this salvation, in this inheritance that we have that can not fade away. In this we rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith Oh, so much more precious than gold that perishes. That your faith may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, it says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Don't you ever wish that you could read scripture and just stop? Breathe it in. Wash yourself in it. I begged God this morning, begged God, God, please remind me I'm pure. Oh, Lord, God, please remind me I'm pure. I'm pure. I need to know. I need to know that you know me as pure. This is what scripture is saying, that there are times that we are brought into various trials and it's necessary, sweet light of the world. It's necessary. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Oh, that no matter what that little while is in our lives, my prayer, my prayer with my whole soul is that we will remember that it's necessary. And that while we hold on to those two little words, treasure them, it's necessary. Literally treasure those two words and love, love him. Father God, I pray that your word will literally wash us. You have called us chosen. Thank you for choosing us. You have called us royal. Lord Jesus, having a crown is a beautiful thing. I pray that you'll remind us always that we are royal. You have called us holy. And that alone answers my little personal prayer of being called pure in your eyes. You've declared us holy. Lord God, you have owned us through the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for pulling us out of darkness. Thank you for setting us into the light. I pray, oh, Father God, there are various trials. Each and every one of us girls and women inseparable far and wide can declare this. This is my trial. And I pray that we won't compare our trials to one another, that we won't trump one another's trials, that we won't minimize our trial, but that we'll hold our trial up in the light and say, this is my trial. And Father God, I trust, I trust your plan. 
I trust your decree that it's necessary, that it's necessary for my faith. It's necessary for our faith so that we can stand one day and declare my Jesus is coming again. Oh, Lord Jesus, come quickly. As we wait, you've allowed us to be the light. We don't know why, but we thank you. We thank you for calling us yours, for calling us light, for giving us your spirit to accomplish the task, the purpose, the value in which we are. Lord Jesus, I love you. I love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to receive a copy of the guide for this study, or you would like us to pray for you, send us an email at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.